Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the New England Patriots to my Seattle Seahawks. Keith Caulfield, how's it going, Keith? Um, good, and I, I'm, I was going to make a softball joke or underinflated ball joke, but, you know, I <laughs> well, just wasn't quick show. enough. I, I, see, I don't know the intros <laughs> in advance, so it was, it was, I don't know what to do here. Are it's you a sports uh, ball reference? Well, I'll deflate deflate gate aside. Are deflate you, gate. Are you ready for the Super Bowl? Uh, sure. I mean, I know, I know, you're not like a sports guy, but like, do you in, like do you watch the the game w- while it's going on? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> as as, as was evident as was evident earlier today when when Jason sent over um our our notes for the show um. There, there's something about the Super Bowl in there, and I'm like, "Wait, is it this weekend?" And he's like, yeah. "Yes, it's God, Lord help you." Uh, um, that's I usually, I, I usually, honestly tune in for the halftime show, and, and I watch a lot you're of the commercials online. Yeah. Oh, all right, you got the, you you kind of have it refined to uh, just the commercials, just the halftime show live. That's fair. Hey, man, that, that's fine. I don't really like either of these teams playing this weekend, so you know. You, uh, Cause, you know, because the Sixers aren't playing. So. Yeah, because the Sixers are not in the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Shockingly, I know better than that. Well, I we're, just thought it we're was gonna <laughs> we're gonna get to the Super Bowl, Keith. Before we start, a few housekeeping notes. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Keith or me, uh, find us on Twitter at Jason Lipschutz or at Keith underscore Caulfield. And if you like the show, do us a favor, leave us a rating on iTunes. Drop us a review if you want. We read and welcome all feedback. And subscribe to the Pop Shop Podcast on iTunes. So, hey, you never miss an episode. It's it's everything you could ever want and more. Keith, we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff today. We are going to be talking about 4 or 5 Seconds, the new Rihanna, Kanye West, Paul McCartney song. We are going to be talking about a new top 10 single on the Hot 100. And some more Super Bowl preview madness, talking about Katy Perry's big performance coming up on Sunday. But before we start... Keith, let's talk about. Oh, you know what? Actually, I, I totally forgot. We also have a guest. That man, this this is such Good a jam packed episode. I know. How could I forget? Ali Mers is on the show today. Ali Mers, of uh, Troublemaker fame, has a new album coming out in March, and he stopped by the Pop Shop Podcast to talk about basically everything going on with that. He has some cool collaborators on that project. And very very lovely gentleman. And he he taught. He's a big fan of Las Vegas, so we talked about that for a while. Really? And yeah, yeah, hey, you learn something new every single day. But before we start with that, Keith, let's get to Fallout Boy. Now we talked about Fallout Boy on last week's show. Their new album, American Beauty, American Psycho, was aiming for number one, and it hit its mark this week. Their third number one album, and surprisingly, Keith, and you wrote about this today, it actually does better than their last album, Save Rock and Roll, which hit number one in 2013. Yeah. Um, yeah, so take it away, Keith. Yeah, so yeah, surprisingly, in this depressed state of album sales, Fall Out Boy earns its second largest sales week ever, and its biggest sales week since way back in 2007. Um, so yeah, it, it easily beat out its last album in terms of, of pure album sales. So let's go over the numbers quickly. Um, so Fall Out Boy debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with American Beauty, American Psycho. It did 218,000 album equivalent units. That number includes traditional album sales, streaming equivalent albums, and track equivalent albums. And to boil that down, of that sum, 
192,000 was actually traditional pure album sales. And that is the sales figure that we're talking about when we talk about historical comparisons. So that is their second biggest sales week ever. Easily beats what Save Rock and Roll did, which was their last album. It opened with 154,000 to debut at number one, becoming their second number one album. And um, their best sales week ever was back when Infinity on High debuted at number one uh, with 260,000. So it's sort of the continuing comeback of Fallout Boy with uh, the new number one album. Yeah, for those who aren't familiar with Fallout Boy, la- their their last album, Save Rock and Roll, was was a comeback album because the the band had been on a an, an extended hiatus before that. They had taken a couple years apart, and no one knew if Fallout Boy was ever going to reform. And then they came blazing back in early 2013 with a new album, a new hit single, My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark, and a huge tour, and the album did really well. It hit number one. It was their second number one album. So this album, you know, it, it's it's surprising to me because just from a narrative perspective, I guess, that's that was the, uh, the huge comeback album. This is kind of continuing that comeback, and like... He, Keith, like you said, this is doing even better. It's 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 pretty crazy. Did they not like get along for a couple of years there between uh, f- uh, is it Folie a deux? Folie a deux. Yeah, they they were having some infighting and they mm. wanted to do some other projects. Patrick Stump, their lead singer, released a solo album, Soul Punk, which is actually a great album. Uh, I, I think you'd actually really like that album. It's kind of like a, a a weird R and B electro album. And Pete Wentz did a couple other things. He was in the band Black Cards, but now, thankfully, they are back as Fallout Boy. And, I mean, from another perspective, Keith, this is one week after Megan Trainor's really big debut with her debut album title. And it, it, it's a little surprising to see such relatively large debuts in the month of January. You think of January as kind of a sleepy month, but yeah. back-to-back number one albums that, that have performed pretty great. Yeah, yeah, we haven't, I wrote about this uh, this morning, we haven't actually had uh, two albums debut in January, or or were released in January, that sold more than 150,000 copies in their first week since actually 2010. Uh, We had three albums do it that January. We had Kesha's Animal, um, the Hope for Haiti Now uh, live charity uh, compilation thingy, and then um, Lady Annabellum's Need You Now. Um, but yeah, normally it's a month where everyone is still trying to kind of like regroup after the holidays and the rush, and most people are kind of saving their their the big guns for yeah. kind of like the Valentine's Day corridor and like the Grammy Awards. So it's it's oftentimes like actually kind of a a wise decision to put out something, you know, if the timing is right, because you kind of have a, a clear lane to number one on the charts. Um, and so, you know, that kind of, but I, you know, clearly Fall Out Boy and, and Megan Trainor probably would have been number one regardless, just because yeah. they had such a big, huge, you know, first week. But still, it is unusual. I mean, you think about why this album has performed so well, at least in the first week. And you have to mention Centuries, the the lead single. And this actually, this song actually came out months ago before the album was even announced, but it it continues to do so well. It actually climbs into the top 10 of the Hot 100 chart this week, uh, moves number 12 to number 10. And Keith, this is their first top 10 hit in a while, right? Yeah, like super long time. They haven't actually had a top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100 since 2007. 
when This Ain't a Scene, It's an Arms Race uh, debuted and peaked at number two. Um, so in total, they've now had four top ten singles. Uh, Sugar We're Going Down hit number eight in 2005. Uh, the next year, they hit uh, number nine with Dance, Dance. And then This Ain't a Scene, It's an Arms Race in 2007. But yeah, they've they've had you know some moderate success, but they just haven't been able to hit back to the top ten until this year. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about this on last week's show, but I, I, let's reiterate it. It, it. Very, very few rock acts are cracking the top 10 of the Hot 100 charts the, these days. I mean, it's it's basically like Imagine Dragons did it a bunch, or a, a couple times at least, with yeah. uh, with their debut album. And now, you know, it's Fall Out Boy. It, it's, there's just not that many. We, I mean, we've had some. I mean, I looked, I looked since uh, the start of 2014 just to see what kind of rock acts have been in the top ten. Um, so this is like a quick list. I, I might sure. be missing one or two people, but this is the extent of the rock acts for the most part that have hit the top ten since January 2014. Uh, we had Bastille, uh, Coldplay, uh, as you said, Imagine Dragons, uh, Hosier, Hoser, Hoser, uh, Lord. Uh, which Lord is technically rock, <laughs> even though Lord she is mocks my, that. Lord is my favorite rock band. Lord started out on alternative radio, and I know I love. I just classify love it. a lot of alternative acts as rock, and and it's sorry. I love um, it. Maybe maybe her next album will not be a rock album. Who knows? Um, Paramore and Passenger, but yeah, there aren't exact. It's not yeah, exactly Paramore's all rock all the time. The top ten, no, by, not by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, it's it's tougher and tougher these days. But yeah, I mean, Paramore is another one that's doing it and they toured with Fall Out Boy on their Mementor last year. So so Keith, my last question before we move on yep. to uh from Fall Out Boy Centuries uh, again like we said in the top 10 this week for the first time and it's in its 20th week on the chart. It feels like this song has been around forever. I mean, 5 months basically is it's been on the chart. Is that an unusually long crawl up into the top 10? Um it, it it's not like unprecedented, but it isn't exactly like the norm Uh, the last time we had a song take as long or longer to reach the top 10 was almost a year ago um on the march 8th 2014 dated chart john legend's all of me reached the top 10 in its 20th week and that was another song that had been around for like months and finally kind of broke through thanks to um exposure from the the uh, grammy awards and, and other stuff but it had been kind of percolating for a while um, before we completely move on, I have one sure. more uh, Fallout Boy statistic that um, is super chart geeky, but it's not our chart stat of the week. But I let's thought do it. You might appreciate it. Oh yeah. Uh, um, so uh, Fallout Boy's album is called American Beauty, American Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the first time that we've had a number one album with the word "psycho" in the title. Oh. Only I would come up, well, only me and probably many other chart geeks on the internet would come up with this idea. But um, the only other album to come close to number one with the word psycho in the title um, is an album that you'll probably never think of. But then again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guess. Can you think of the last album to get close to number one with psycho in the title? Psycho. Mm. Uh, okay, I'll give you a hint. It's, it's a big, it's a rock band, so it's kind of like Fall Out Boy, um, but a much uh, older vintage band. You know, I'm blanking. I, I right. can't think of it. 1998, Kiss with Psycho Circus. Oh, uh, yeah. They hit number three, uh, debuted and peaked at number three with Psycho Circus. But the word psycho isn't exactly a common phrase that you would see in album titles. You know, things like American, yes, of course. You know, American Pie and all sorts of, you know, American Gangster from Jay-Z. Yeah, of course. But Psycho, not so much. 
Um, so there you go. There's there's the sort of a bonus chart stat geeky early peak chart stat of the week thing. Thank you, Keith, for your <laughs> bonus chart stat of the week. No, I I mean that's that is interesting. Um, and it you are a hundred percent correct that only you and the, the hard the most hardcore of chart geeks would would think about that. Uh, I love it. Um, also on the Billboard 200 albums chart this week, some other top 10 debuts. It's it's actually kind of a crowded week for debuts. Joey Badass with his debut album uh, starts at number five. The Decemberists are back. Their last album hit number one. This one also starts in the top 10, I believe, at number seven. And then Marilyn Manson also in the top 10. Keith, is there anything coming out next week that could shake up the top 10? You mean uh, this week for next week's chart? Yeah, yeah. I should yeah. say for, yeah. It's really kind of a slow week. Like yeah, the, the it big, seems like it, right? Yeah, the biggest new album looks to be Neo's new album. Um, I think it's called Nonfiction. Yes. Um, it might debut at the lower, like the lower half of the top ten. Um, so, so it looks like Taylor Swift will probably go back to number one with 1989 for a tenth non-consecutive week. Um, yeah, kind of a slow week on the chart. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I guess we shall see. I mean, next week we're going to be busy. We're going to have our hand full, hands full with uh, with Grammy stuff on next week's show. So, um, yeah. you know, kind of a slow chart week might be might be the perfect tonic for us. Um, Keith. Yes, Jason. Moving on to the okay. Hot 100. <laughs> Uptown Funk, still number one. Mark Ronson, Bruno Mars. Uh, week number four, it is at number one. So congrats to them. And Keith, I mean, we talked about centuries in the top ten now. But the top debut is a little bit farther down the chart. Four or five seconds by Rihanna, Kanye West, Paul McCartney. It's 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 like a super group. It's almost like remember that um remember that group Super Heavy, the the Mick Jagger, Joss Stone, oh Dave Damian Stewart, Marley. Yeah, there was like Stewart. there was someone else in there too. I want to say like uh, A. R. Like, Rahman. I was gonna say like wasn't there that guy with a sitar? Uh, yeah, the Jai Ho guy. <laughs> the Jai Ho. He would be so thrilled right now with us. Like, really, I've been Academy Award winner A.R. Rahman has been turned into. The Jai I think he won an Academy Award, right? For, he did win an Academy Award. Dog, yeah, 100%. Um, Keith, back away from <laughs> Super Heavy. Yeah. Uh, four or five seconds debuts at number 54. And, and this is just like one day of sales, right? Because it came out on Saturday night, I guess? Mm, well, yeah, it's like, it's like one and a half days okay. of sales because it came out like late Saturday afternoon. Um, on iTunes and I would presume other digital retailers, but I don't know, but most people buy their stuff from iTunes. Sure. So it, it has like a day and a half of sales probably. Um, so yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, it's really propelled by that day and a half of sales. Plus, you know, of course the streams, but I'm not sure if it was actually even on YouTube, um, over the weekend. I'm not sure if the, if, if there's actually official audio on it or not. So really it's a lot, just sales and then the airplay through, um, Tuesday because the airplay week for the Hot 100 is is different than our sales week. The airplay runs from Wednesday to Tuesday every week, whereas sales runs from Monday to Sunday. I know, a little confusing. So it actually has a couple days worth of airplay, and they're kind of hitting um, radio hard with this track. They're really promoting it to a, a, a multiple formats, and it almost seems like it's like a proper like here's the new Rihanna single, like yeah. everyone, you know. It's always so. It's always so tough to tell, especially when it's it's 
such a sharp left turn like this. Like it's it's like, you know, we talked about only one by Kanye and, and Paul McCartney a couple weeks ago. Like, is this actually like the first single from his album? It was called I mean, a single, that's what they but said. yeah. And then you know, it does seem like you said that four or five seconds is the impact track for Rihanna's eagerly anticipated next project. I, I mean, what what do you think of this song, Keith? I think it'd be funny if if this entire thing was actually all just for a Paul McCartney project. <laughs> That'd be awesome. He was like, just like it, it turns out it's like a Paul McCartney All Star Collaborations album, Paul like and a la Santana. Like, yeah, it's like, and then the next track will be Kendrick Lamar and Paul McCartney. Super supernatural. <laughs> Super duper natural. I don't. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> um, I thought it'd be like funny if that actually happened. So, but I mean, I like. I think I like. I like both songs. Um, they're it's very um, it's it's very different. I think you yeah. know people that expect one thing from Rihanna um, did not get probably what they were expecting at all, which is kind of refreshing because it's like ah total left turn. I'm gonna surprise you and do something with Paul McCartney. So yeah, yeah, something that's very basic and very stripped down and but that does that mean that we won't get like a club banger for the next one no not necessarily but yeah. do we need that i mean who knows i think it's just kind of cool and interesting that she can you know she and kanye and paul can like do whatever they want because of who they are yeah i i, I really like this song and i really like when rihanna changes it up and, and kind of moves away from the busy production of something like a where have you been or a we found love you know as much as i enjoy those songs one of my favorite rihanna songs and this is this is uh this new one reminds me of it is take care her song with drake and her her vocal performance on that track is, is just unbelievable it's 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 just breathtaking like it's just mm-hmm. how much you know how much room she covers how much space she covers with so little production behind her and it, you know it's 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 what she does uh, i mean you almost take it for granted on the on the dance songs how powerful her voice is and this this song is, is a Nice little reminder. Yeah. So, uh, Keith, do you think it's going to be uh, jumping up the chart next week? I think so. I think because it is there, there. You know, it's it's full on radio promotion for the track. Um, you, they, it was getting hourly play on uh, select clear channel stations. Um, I think on Sunday, perhaps Monday, um, which is different. I mean, usually what happens, you know, when there's like a big, huge single and they really want to like pump it. Um, they go for the hourly play route, which is a, a program that Clear Channel does where they roll out new singles hourly. So, like, you know, if you turn on Z100 or Kiss FM, you'll hear Rihanna at the top of the hour every hour for 24 hours or something ridiculous, which gets, you know, a huge first week in terms of airplay. Yeah. Um, but also just because it's Rihanna, I think people are going to play it anyways, um, especially if they frame this as, like, the first single from her next album. Um and I and you know on top of that it's going to have its first full week of sales, um, though it'll be interesting to see how the song reacts in terms of sales. You know, people could easily turn their nose up at it and be like, "I don't want this from Rihanna," um, which is yeah, sort of true. a dim view. But you know, you know, you just don't know how something that is unconventional will pan out. But I think, you know, since she has a track record of doing things like unconventionally, where you come out with a song like Diamonds, which was very unusual for her, yeah, um, and then it became this enormous like signature song for her and was also a huge hit. So anything is possible. I guess we shall see next week. All right, man. Um, so moving on from the charts world to the big game, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl uh, well, are, are we allowed to even say the Super Bowl? Um, 
Like there's there's a thing where you're not allowed to use the word Super Bowl because it's like trademarked. You have to say though the big game is coming and like pretend oh, really? like everyone knows. Yeah, I got a press release this morning from from someone hyping something, and they said, "Oh, make sure you join us for the big game, big game, big game." You can't actually use the word Super Bowl. Oh well, I, but I we're a news we'll organization, just... so I think we're allowed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. I, I or else we we can just use Pig Latin and go Uper say Old Bay. Uh, but I won't do that. Let's talk about the Super Bowl, man. Okay. So Katy Perry obviously headlining the halftime she performance. Is? I know, I I know, I heard it too. I it's true, man. So, <laughs> um, I mean, this is this is uh, uh, typically called the biggest stage in the world. It's it's viewed by millions and millions and millions and millions of people, and because of that, it usually results in a little uptick on the charts. So, Keith, chart wise, sales wise, what should we expect from uh, Katy Perry singles, Katy Perry albums after this performance? Well, I mean, they're all gonna gain. I mean, that's just the, the simple, the, the the simple definition is, if you perform on the Super Bowl, you're gonna have a big gain in sales and streams. Period. Now, how much of a gain you'll have? Well, that's anyone's guess. Yeah. Um, it really doesn't have as huge an impact in terms of just sort of the raw sales as people think, because the Super Bowl is more about sort of raising the awareness of an artist. And the overall brand exposure. And when we say brand, we mean like the brand of Katy Perry. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, uh, next week, uh, next Wednesday, you know, we're talking about how um, her most recent album, Prism, and probably Teenage Dream will both have significant sales gains. Because she only has three albums, so there's not a whole lot to choose from if if you're someone watching the Super Bowl. Whereas, you know, if you're watching, say, the Rolling Stones perform... Oh my God, like which album do you pick from? There's like 50 of them. Oh, do you pick a greatest hits? Well, there's like seven different greatest hits. Oh, crap. Katy Perry, it's <laughs> simple. There's three albums. You'll probably, you might buy all three, or maybe you'll just buy the most recent album. And there's only so many songs to pick from. So she'll have a more focused and probably a really more um, visible chart elevation. Like we could see Prism like have a really huge jump up the Billboard 200 next week, especially because of the new way that we do the Billboard 200 because of the whole consumption thing. So all the streaming will be impacting it too. And then the track sales. So I think she could have a really robust, um, you know, uh, week on the chart, but also it's more about, you know, what happens after the Super Bowl. you know, will she announce like, you know, like another leg of her tour, um, you know, because uh, I think she has dates lined up in Europe um, for the rest of the year, but that doesn't mean that she won't necessarily come back to America. Yeah. Um, and this would be a good thing to sort of piggyback on the Super Bowl. Like, oh, if you enjoy me on the Super Bowl and you like what you saw, make sure you buy the ticket. I'll be in Des Moines in June, you know? Yeah, it's it's always interesting to me at what point in a promotional cycle a Super Bowl performance happens. Now, y- you think, I mean... Just based on what we know, this seems like it's coming at the very tail end of Katy Perry's Prism era. It doesn't sound like she's releasing another single from it. She has... Yeah, uh, there is no more singles coming yeah. from it. That, that, that Her label went on the record saying that there's no more singles. So, But of course, anything could change, but they said, nope, we're done with singles. Yeah, exactly. She's already released five. Um, I, I mean, her international prismatic tour ends in mid-March, like you said. 
uh, overseas. So yeah, I I mean it'll be interesting. Maybe she drops a new single. I I don't think a, I don't think that's a huge possibility, but you never know. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't see like a deluxe reissue of Prism happening. Yeah, or I don't like that. I don't think that's gonna happen either. So maybe she's you know I wrote about this last week that it seems like this is kind of putting an exclamation point on on this album in this era and then after the super bowl and after these tour dates uh wind down she's you know probably going to start recording again move uh, maybe some, take some time off it'll be interesting to see uh keith what songs per- personally what songs do you hope she performs now she usually uh performers get like four to five songs usually for yeah, the medley you, you, i think you have like about like 12 minutes or yeah 12 to 15 minutes at most to, to do a medley uh or wh- however you choose to spend that time um i interrupted you continue oh yeah no uh <laughs> no i was just gonna say what what songs um oh boy i'm looking at all of her hits and it's like well you can't really go wrong with any of them i mean i i I'm looking at it from like the sort of the sort of mass appeal entertainment thing. And so I'm looking at it like, you know, if I were programming this show, I'd probably want to make sure that she does Dark Horse because it was such a huge hit. Yeah. Um, I'd want her to probably do Firework because that was like this huge, impactful, powerful across the board song. Um, and I would probably shy away from some of her earlier stuff, like I Kissed a Girl in Hot and Cold, because that may not resonate as much uh, with people. No um, no waking up in Vegas? No, uh, no no thinking of you, no. Um, I would imagine it's like, you know, Roar, Dark Horse, you know, Firework, um, and probably Teenage Dream or California Girls, like the really obvious huge, huge hits. Yeah, yeah. I, I think th- I'm, I'm hoping for some Teenage Dream, my favorite Katy Perry song. It's funny because some of my favorite Katy Perry songs would make absolutely no sense at the Super Bowl, like Wide Awake. I, wh- I mean, I love that song. I, I don't want to hear that played at no. the halftime. Uh, I, I would be okay if she brought out Birthday. I, I mean, that, that one of her more recent singles, I really like that song. And for anyone who's seen her perform that song live, it's just really a blast. She usually flies around the arena wherever she is. So maybe I she'll just do I just like don't that. see this as being used as a showcase for like you know uh, second tier uh, singles from the Prism album. You know this. Yeah. You know you you really have to you know satisfy a lot of suits executives. You know like eighty million people at home or whatever the number is. Um, so you really you can't you can't challenge people too much where you run the risk of someone turning the channel. Like it has to be really really super familiar stuff which kind of is challenging yeah. you know when you want to be creative for a show but anyway so we're what all right let's make a final guess all right so i i agree with you roar dark horse and um firework those are the, those are all three locks yeah um let's do two more teenage dream you think that's think, yeah. uh yeah. yeah and uh i don't know maybe like part of me you think part of me could do it kind of like a good like pump up anthem it is but it's also like a like it's sort of a divorce anthem um, yeah i guess that's true like you know maybe i mean she she could slip in like something slightly more unfamiliar like you know kind of like how madonna had a, a new single which isn't exactly what you necessarily want to do yeah. um you know maybe she'll do something new i don't know but i would imagine that she might use that space to do california girls california girls all right yeah there's the five. Uh, we shall see. Uh, Keith, before we get to Ali Murs, what do you have a favorite Super Bowl performance ever? Um, Is it Madonna? Well, I mean, you know, Madonna was good. Um, 
I really liked U2's performance. Um, I mean, I think Madonna, just for the sheer sort of, like, spectacle of it, yeah. like, it was so She's unusual great. to have, like, you know, a pop woman headline the Super Bowl um, with, like, you know, dancers and voguers and, like, LMFAO. It was, like, so weird, especially coming after uh. years of... You know, LMFAO, like, I forgot they were there. Yes, don't don't forget, you know, Madonna doing the, that out. The, the the party rock <laughs> shuffle or whatever the heck it's called. Um it, yeah, no, I, I think just because it was so different and because I like her, yeah. I mean I, I was a little underwhelmed with Beyonce's, um, even though it was still great. Um, I think I was coming down off of the Madonna high. Yeah, of course. Um and you know, just the the the, the sort of the straight ahead rock stuff, like you know, seeing the Stones perform with like the big, you know, lips stage was was awesome. Um, but you know, U two was also really impactful too um, when they performed. Um, I think it was the year after nine eleven, um, the following the following January, and it was very emotional. Um, so you know, I don't have a favorite. I I, I have a lot of favorites. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Yeah, I think mine is still Prince in two thousand seven. That's mean, a good one. I forgot about that. So good. So good. And just in so Prince unexpected. In the rain. He, yeah, and he did Purple Rain in the Rain, and he did, like, you know, the Foo Fighters cover and Let's Go Crazy. So, and that scrim so that ran that, that covered him up for a bit. So all you saw was a big shadow in the rain. And it's really hard to find that performance on YouTube because yeah. he keeps having it taken down. I know. Anyway. You, had, you had to witness it. Well, yeah. Keith, let's get to Ollie Murs. Ollie Murs, the uh, UK pop phenom, is coming back. Over to the U.S. Uh, has a new album, Never Been Better. It's out March 10th. And uh, he stopped by the Pop Shop podcast to talk about everything going on with him. Uh, his his new single is called Wrapped Up. It's a blast. And um, it's featured on Never Been Better. He talked about working with Ryan Tedder, Demi Lovato uh, on this album. He talked about, like I said, Las Vegas, as well as Sam Smith's comments on finding success through reality singing competitions after all Ali Murs comes from the X Factor so here it is Ali Murs stopping by the Pop Shop Podcast I read somewhere that you wanted to get more serious with this album <laughs> I read somewhere that it was it's it's time for you to get serious what what do you mean by that because you're you know you're you're a fun loving guy you're a you're a, a charming guy. What What do you mean by more serious with your music? Um, I think I don't know. I felt just a bit more balls, basically. So kind of like really come back with something strong, something that was going to really hit people's ears. And and I think the first three albums were were brilliant and, and solid, you know. And um, you know, right place, right time. Although Troublemaker was such a big record, which I'm sure would have got on this album. Yeah. I think it was the 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 rest of the songs on the album. You know, it was the quantity. You know, I, I didn't think it was the quality was there. You know, it was just didn't feel. It was good. It was a great album, but I I felt it could be so much better. And I felt I feel with this album from from track one to the end it, and to track thirteen, it's just solid. You know, and every song's really really strong and really great pop melodies and and and, and great production. So I'm really pleased. Now, what differences did you make between the last project and this project? In terms of in terms of reaching that goal, time was a big thing. Okay, um, we had much more time to do it, so I had time to really think. It was probably more time to think, which sometimes can be a bit of a when you have too much time to think, you can do, make the wrong decisions. Yeah, but, and I think there's been an element that it was I had too much time already. I think if it had been more, probably f- maybe two or three months, it might have been a bit more punchier. We would we would have made quicker decisions, but 
we had time to really think about everything and 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 that was probably the best even though i'm saying it's, i'm not saying it's a negative it was it was been the best thing really because it gave me a chance to really write the album get the best possible songs i think and like i said before you know not just having the quantity but the real quality in all the songs and i think it because it's the best work that i've done so it just yeah i wanted to come back with a bit of a bit of a punch reading and grow up a little bit as well and, and, and come back with a bit more of an attitude not an attitude but just a little bit slight edge to it Talk to me a little bit about working with you know Ryan Tedder and Demi Lovato and and Travis McCoy on on these songs and and getting together a project that is about you, Ali Murs, but has so many different voices on it. Well, every song I write, every song that I put on the album is different. I always think every if you think rap, you know, wrapped up is the main single with, with Travi, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do a disco track. You know, something that I've loved disco music since I was a little boy. So. It's something that I think everyone can dance to, and, and and you don't necessarily listen to the lyrics. You're just listening to the the, the vibe and the, yeah. and the melodies, and just having some fun. And that's kind of what wrapped up's all about for me. It's just the f- as soon as you hear the song, I think people want to dance and have a good time to it. And that's what we were like in the studio writing it. And Travi just kind of jumped in. But I always try and with every song is to make something. T- everything sounds. This, I mean, there's not another song on the album that sounds like wrapped up. You know. Yeah. Every song has its own moment and, and a place, and you know I've gone. I take all different genres of music, and that's what I love. The fact that if you look at Demi Lovato, Travis McCoy, and Ryan Tedder, you've got three completely different artists totally. that do different styles of music. You know, and and Demi was was perfect for Up. You know, a song that I was sent about a year and a half, nearly two years ago, I think, and uh, heard it and loved it, and just was like, you know, that's that's perfect. It's in, in the pocket. We need to get we need to get a big female singer on, and Demi was just fit the bill. She's Lovely personality, great girl. And then the Ryan Tedder thing was was literally my last American trip. I came here to do some writing. Last trip. And, uh, yeah, um, Columbia, my label here, um, knew him well. And, and he spoke to a guy called Ashley Newton. And and uh, they just kind of hooked me, hooked me up with a song called Seasons, which is a song that he wrote. And it's on the album. So, um, yeah, it's brilliant. That is really cool. Do you, do you see... I mean, this this album coming out in March in the U.S., um, do you see that kind of split between U.S. audience, global audience, and, and trying to really... I, I mean, Troublemaker was a top 40 hit here. People know who you are. Do you want... Do you make it a personal goal to become like a U.S. star, or do you even think about stuff like that? Well, obviously, you would love to become a big star in the States. I mean, when you look at all the, the British artists over the years that have all come over here and done done huge things you know when you look at this year with the likes of sam smith and ed sheeran and then yeah. you look at one direction adele coldplay um the list goes on you know of artists that have come over here have, and have, have smashed it so it's it's it, obviously for me it's i'd love to you know obviously every artist and every singer takes a different journey my journey's a bit different to other people's you know i came totally. from reality tv show and you know, I'm really t- every year I've progressed, uh, progressed, uh, progressed. I progress every year. You know, and I've taken a step forward. I'm always taking. I always want to try and take. A, I'd rather take a step forward than take two or three steps back. Yeah. You know? And um, you know, with this album coming out, obviously want to convince more fans in the states to and the American fans to jump on board and 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 support support it and listen to it and hopefully love it and and if I can gain another two more fans that are, that, that, that sell more than. So all I want to do is achieve targets is selling more than I did on the last album yeah you know and, and and if I can keep doing that with every album then 
you know, I just, yeah, just, uh, just, just nice to come over here and, and do shows and, yeah. My big dream is to do Vegas one day. That's my really, yeah, like residency style. Love to, yeah. Wow, really would. Why? Why is that the dream? I'm curious. I just, just, I've all, I don't know. I think my my nan is a huge Sinatra and Elvis fan, and um, I, th- if I could do one thing before she dies. Um, which it sounds really horrible, and you're <laughs> gonna die, my nan. But I think it was one thing I'd love to do before she did pass away. Um, you know, is to do a fly show to, in Vegas. Fly to Vegas. Fly naming, to Vegas. Naming lights in Vegas. That would be like I think she would probably die then. Let's do She'd it right like, now. Oh my I mean, god, <laughs> she'd probably have a heart attack seeing it. Um, but no, my my my, my nan is just a huge, huge American fan of, of the music, and she grew up with the, the Frank and Elvis and. I think just to see my name in lights in Vegas would be something that she would love to see. Let's do um, it right now. It doesn't have to be a residency. <laughs> Let's just fly your nan over. Go, well, play, you'll gonna, play a I'm Vegas show. And, you come I with just, a nice suit. I might just go into Vegas and say, look, guys, how much? <laughs> look. Just to have my name in have lights you and do a gig. my nan? She is <laughs> worth <laughs> yeah. this. And they'll be like, yeah, you know she, what? She's she right. just always says to me, she says, you could, you know, one day you'll do it. And I'm like, well, hopefully one day. It's We'll try. That's so funny. I, I, you don't really hear that that much. The, the really? Vegas res- residency. I, I feel like that's more of like a goal li- later down the line. But it's interesting that. No, I think that there's. I mean, obviously Madison Square Garden and to yeah. perform here and win, win Grammys and stuff. It's just, I think you know if you've made it big in America, when you get that, you know, when you get a, a, a slot at, at Vegas and you're being the. I mean, you only if you look at the stars that do it. You know, Elton John, Celine Dion. Yeah, you know, um, boys to men. You know, they're real legends exactly. in music, so they're they're real top top quality artists. So I mean, yeah, I'm a long way off doing a re- hey man, <laughs> a show, maybe someday. Even just a show. I mean, we we did we I did a I did a gig there um, at the market. I think it was the marquee. Yeah, um, a, a club there. I did I did a gig there, which was pretty cool. That just is cool. I performed in Vegas, and we we did the um, One Direction show there. Um, at the sh- the Hard Rock Cafe, and mm-hmm. um, they have like a, a, a big uh, thing there. So we did we did that as well. So it's pos- I've done a show there. there. You go. There you my go. own show would be. Do you are amazing. you do you gamble? Do you like are you attached to like the tables and the thought machine when you're there? Um, yes, I would like to say I I don't because I don't condone gambling. Um, <laughs> but I do I do like a good I do like a flutter. You know what I mean? I think yeah. um, you know I like to go in there and have a little bit of a play and have a, fight, a bit of fun. And, Mama keeps saying run as fast as you can I wanted to ask because a couple of weeks ago, Sam Smith made headlines, an artist you mentioned, like saying that yeah. like reality TV isn't like the best route for some singers. And now you've lived that. Like, what do you think about that? Like, just in terms of, you know, it, it's funny because reality shows, especially in the U.S., they're they're tapering off a little bit. Like ratings for American Idol and The Voice yeah. are slipping a little bit. So people are turning more to like YouTube and Vine. Like, I, I'm curious about your thoughts on this. Like, is you know, are singing shows still a very viable? Option. I think any any um I think everyone has their own route and our own path, you know. Yeah. I mean, I was twenty five and I felt that the only the way I think what he was saying, Sam in the interview, which I think was valid, that if if you're a singer if you're a singer singer, then X Factor is what you should do. And I am a singer. Yeah. I was never a songwriter. I was a singer at first, you know, and now totally I've, fair, I've yeah. become a songwriter. And so I think he was a bit misinterpreted in that sense because yeah. I agree with him that if you're a songwriter, 
then you know maybe the X factor isn't potentially. All but if you're or, just or, that, or, that powerhouse vocalist, yeah. If, like you, you if you're if you're a, if you're a, if you're a big big singer and you can dance, you can perform, which I was like, you know, I mean, then you then you can go on. I mean, Ella, I mean, Ella Henderson, for example, is a songwriter, and, and she actually finished was it fifth or sixth on the show? Sixth on sixth yeah. on the show. So I mean, and she did all her own songs and stuff like that. But you know, now she's having the career because she's she's a solid, she's an amazing songwriter. So. Yeah. I think it, he was right, you know, it, for singers, it is a singing competition, it's not a songwriting competition, I think that, but everyone has their own ways into the industry, you know, I think that I, I did it my way. <laughs> Sounds a bit corny. There is some Sinatra for you. Thanks again to Ali for stopping by the Pop Shop podcast again. Never been better out March 10th. And uh, Keith, I, I, I really like that new single, uh, Wrapped Up. It, it's definitely a, a really fun song. It's peppy. We, we've, we've both talked to Ollie now. I interviewed him um, in December, actually, over the phone. Oh, yeah? The UK. Yeah. Hey. I think he was in the UK. He just finished filming a video, not for Wrapped Up, but um, I talked to him the day that Wrapped Up came out in America. Um, and we talked about the new single, which you know you obviously did too. Um, we also talked about Band Aid uh, being part of uh, Do They Know It's Christmas, the most recent version. And no, he's he's very lovely, very nice guy to talk to, and um, he's, he he's, uh, has a great sense of humor. Very cool, man. Well, uh, thanks again to him, and uh, check out that new album out in March. So Keith, we got to wrap up, but before we do, it's time, man. It's time for your charts out of the week. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this week in 1988, on January 30th, 1988, one of my favorite uh, bands, um, and I often don't actually say the words favorite, um, but truly one of my favorite bands, In Excess, uh, hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Need You Tonight. Uh, It was the band's only number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100, but they made it count. It was actually one of four top 10 singles from their album Kick. Huge album. It reached number three on the Billboard 200, and it really you know, broke them big time on a global scale. Um, In Excess had been around for a number of albums before that, and they, they kind of were percolating in America with, with songs like Original Sin and, and What You Need and, and Listen Like Thieves, but really it was Need You Tonight and all those huge singles from Kick that you know really kicked them over the top. Uh, Devil Inside, also from the album, hit number two. New Sensation hit number three. And Never Tear Us Apart reached number seven. Uh, the band would then come back with uh, the album X uh, a couple oh, years yeah. later with Suicide Blonde and Disappear. And they continued to you know record you know great music and albums um, on you know continuously until 1997 when their frontman Michael Hutchins uh, died uh, a few months yeah. after they released their album Elegantly Wasted. Uh, a personal uh, note here, sure. I actually had the great pleasure of actually seeing In Excess for the one and only time in 1997. Um, I saw him at the Mayan Theater in downtown Los Angeles, um, and we were so close to the stage, I actually touched Michael Hutchins's hand. Oh. Um, <laughs> And uh, and then a few months later he died, and um, so clearly I was the kiss of death. But um, it was so cool to see them live because I never saw them uh, before, and it was also really cool because this is dating myself. I was actually an intern at Billboard in 1997, and that's how I got the tickets to the show wow. was through my old boss at Billboard. So no 
freaking way. Crazy full circle moment. Anyway, so this week in 1988, NXS hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Need You Tonight. You know what I was doing when this this song hit number one? Oh, uh, you were like four. <laughs> I was... I was you, were, you, weren't even, you weren't even born yet. I was four months old, actually. I was Dude, four months old. I know. Man, I'm old. I was, I, was, I, was, I was older than you at that time. <laughs> and we will leave it at that. Yeah. Keith, uh, that was awesome, man. Thank you for your Char Sat of the Week. All right, that is going to do it for us at the Pop Shop Podcast. Like I said earlier in the show, next week we will have a full Grammys preview. And uh, looking forward to it. We have a, we have a special show coming up. And I, I think hopefully next week we'll be able to announce officially what we are doing for the Grammys for the Grammys night. We hey, have... are you coming out here for the Grammys, Jason? I can't say. I don't know. Hey, you never know. But we will announce all that next week. Um, really looking forward to it. I have some exciting stuff in the works. Keith, do you have any parting words? I don't. All right. Well, we got to go out on a Katy Perry song. Let's go out on Waking Up in Vegas because I mentioned it earlier in the show. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks for listening and take care. Shut up and put